0: They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Welcome to the show! I'm up and about this morning because I've been up for about a... Been up for about an hour, which is unlike me. I know you're an early morning person. I know you'd like to get up at Sparrow's Fart, but um, please
1: tell me that you did not just like attribute 7 a.m. wake up to like, whoa, super early.
0: That is so early for me. Hey, we're in lockdown. We can sleep into whatever time we'd like. Come on.
1: I, yeah, I mean, that's not untrue. I mean, we're also self employed, so we could do that. We've got to be time. Really? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But come on, when the world is working in a semi, you know, co- coherent way, and I can talk properly, we, we, you know, we we have commitments, and we can't sleep until midday, can we? We don't do that, Matthew. We don't sit in the bath with red wine at one eight one p.m. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's. Uh, <laughs> <I can't laughs> I can't bring myself to lie to
0: you, Tom. are <laughs> ah, right. Okay. Well, you can lie to me. That's fine. It's, I don't, it's mind.
1: My I don't stand, mind. my standard activity for halfway through the day on a Tuesday is to have a, a, a red wine in the bath on a, on a Tuesday afternoon. So, I,
0: I'm going to ask you a favor. I'm going to ask you a favor. You, you know that I'm not shy about taking a selfie and sending it around?
1: I have had that the hard way <laughs> over the last few weeks, yes.
0: <laughs> Must be due for an update, actually. How about... Um, how about... <laughs> I uh, want a picture today from the bath. No nudie bits, nothing like that.
1: Oh, no, They're I have just, bubbles in my bath. so you I, I, no we, need,
0: we need lots of bubbles just to hide lots the bits of and bubbles. pieces. But, um, or not very many bubbles,
1: just strategically placed bubbles. That's it. Just make
0: now. sure you just carefully just uh, concertina them into the right areas so oh, that we don't get any hmm. nudie action. But, yeah, I think we could post that on the Facebook group. I mean, that could add real value to the the – readership the listeners the people out there who have taken the time over the past few weeks to actually like our facebook group because we know it's a very active group
1: I'm, I'm probably more on the lines of it might be useful for them, but I think it would be really detrimental to my long-term career goals. Oh, <laughs> oh
0: hold on, hold on. That's naked that's...
1: selfies of me on the internet. I just don't feel as though, because the thing is, how am I going to sell those pictures later in my career <laughs> if they're already available for free online? That's that's it's the real
0: question. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, maybe we could put a link to your OnlyFans account and people <laughs> sign up that way right? <laughs>
1: Oh, which gosh, did you
0: know totally. did you know to to just you know continue on with our 20 minutes or so of banter for the podcast did you see during the week that they actually declared that they were going to remove any nudity off that platform? And yeah, then they I, went and reversed the decision. <laughs> I think they <laughs> because lost Because they, they just the realised that they didn't have a business if they uh, if they took away the nudity. But, I but just,
1: It just doesn't take a genius to work that out, though. <laughs> no, like, I, who, who in marketing said, no, no, guys, we'll still have this massive following, it'll be huge. And actually the funniest, the, the way that I heard about that was it was a meme of, um, it, it was like a, a young, well, you know, young, like a, a yeah, 20 something girl. Um, and it was, uh, it was a, a photo, like a stock image of, of a young, a young girl talking to an older man. And um, it said, uh, oh it said um, I was wondering why my daughter started asking for pocket money again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, apparently the real reason be, Oh, Oh, there's the coffee machine just hold the line please
1: what's uh wow that was intense
0: that's the grinder mary's up and about she we need we need mary to come and do a little bit of mary would you be interested in coming and and, and contributing to the podcast today no we can't see anything she just she's standing, <laughs> she's standing in the kitchen in a dressing gown directly behind the computer and so she's like can they see anything right now because uh your hair looks beautiful, darling. You always look that. amazing this hour of the day. You, I don't know how you do it. You always wake up looking incredibly... But just, Tom,
1: how nice do you nice. know that? Because you just said that you hardly ever awake at this time of day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always say that the best part of my day is going to bed with Mary and then waking up with her. That's the Aww. best parts of my day. Oh, that's very darling. sweet of you, Thomas. That's great. We're, we're in... Um, Cafe Podcast Land. I don't know. I was going to supposed to come up with a sort of catchy title there. I could see us owning so you're a. You're in your natural habitat on the podcast. I could see there could be Matt and Tom's Cafe one day. You know, oh, like is this after we fail at our photography careers? Or? <laughs> Matt, Matt, don't think that as not passed my bloody thoughts in the last few years like you could be a cafe that happens to have some pictures on the wall this is it i thought to myself (laughs) how do i convert the gallery into a cafe well i just replace that front big large front window and put one of those sliding windows in so we can have the barista standing right next to the window pass out the coffees through the window and we could be one of the 39 coffee shops in main street mornington can you believe uh, that? that there you've... are thirty-nine places that serve coffee on Main Street Mornington? For those can who can't believe
1: it, Well, wow, <laughs> I can't. I can believe that you actually went and counted them.
0: I didn't count them. I've just—it's on the grapevine. Um, I, I, for those who haven't been down Main Street Mornington, there, there, there's probably two hundred shops, wouldn't you say, Matt? And stretching over about a kilometre, and there's a, roughly thirty-nine places to order a coffee if you're desperate so i could be one of those
1: and yet tom Um, is sitting at home making his own coffee not supporting small business hey Um, hey hey
0: hey come on come on i (laughs) this is why the economy is is basically your fault this is all my fault because i don't buy one coffee a day from the people down the street well i do exactly i do and i actually i actually have a very kind gentleman a shout out to carlos who uh, probably once or twice a week comes via the gallery, sees me standing there on my lonesome during lockdown, and takes pity on me, as many should be, and he brings me a coffee, takeaway coffee from down the road. And is he
1: is he a cafe cool. owner?
0: <laughs> he's not. He's a team. So he's buying
1: it. is so at yes, the end of the yes. day, your coffee habit is contributing to the the overall health of the hey, absolutely. Quality. You see, I'm oh, contributing in cool. an that's
0: indirect cool. way. I'm just not. I'm not physically buying the coffee you're making it sound like i never buy coffees from down the street i do Def-
1: definitely not uh definitely not not saying that at all i was just <laughs> I was just anyway look
0: um what's news this week tom what's news this week um i have spent yet another week and i feel like i'm no i don't feel like i'm banging my head against the wall but it does feel a bit monotonous that i probably talked about this before matthew um, Mary wants it to have This sounds like me-
1: it's going to be deep. This sounds like it's going to be really deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Just if you haven't got a coffee right now, and and if you're feeling like you, if you either want to be sipping on a coffee right now or having a bit of a shut eye, a bit of a snooze, because I am going to go a bit deep. Um, Mary wants to probably have me diagnosed for one reason or another, of ADHD or Aspergers or um, or uh, what's the other one. Uh, you know, Is one this of those to get takeaways. like government
1: funding or something?
0: <laughs> 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 We're not making light of any of those um, diseases, by the way. But um, I'm very obsessive. So at the moment I'm on this website obsession whereby it started probably four, six weeks ago and I haven't stopped. I'm just looking at every part of it and wanting to make it perfect, which is bad because... You, it just you looks the same though mate you can't, you can't improve on perfection Matt can you really and and so therefore if I start with perfection how can it possibly be any better but I've found ways I've found ways and uh have you it does look differently don't give me a break just jump on it and have a look I had I'm some...
1: on there that's exactly what I'm doing that's why I was actually really looking forward to seeing something different oh, come all I can on. see is we like put a them. billion more um tabs to click up the top, which is getting very How amazing. are
0: they? How are all those tabs? Aren't they? Mate, it
1: looks it honestly, um have you seen the if you look up just do a quick Google and go world's <laughs> most horrible <laughs> website. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no come on, are Steve's, you being for real or not? No,
1: it's not no, don't Google that. That's actually the wrong search. Um go world's most um
0: oh, here we go. For those listening to the podcast by the way while Matt finds the correct link you are best if you possible to either look on your phone or on your oh, computer here we go. Here we go. But the topic we're talking about does does require you to be in front of your computer go on
1: Okay so this is if you can just type into your URL go yes. the world's worst website ever.com
0: Okay the world's worst, worst website website. ever? is this a is this a joke is this a prank is this gonna put a whole lot of spamware on my on my computer
1: oh to be honest i hope not because i'm on
0: it (laughs) (laughs) well the answer is yes oh oh oh, okay the oh my god so
1: this is like the meant to be the worst worst website design in the planet
0: (laughs) was this for real
1: it is it's like it's just there i think (laughs) it's a
0: Brilliant! Yeah,
1: there you go. So, oh my
0: God, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm not far off that, am I? I mean, that's something to aim for.
1: There's just a lot. There's a lot in that menu there, um, like I themes. The, I could like not even. Awesome where in board. the hell there's is
0: little the little
1: main menu? There's where no is, menu. No, I was talking about your website. Oh, my. <laughs> shut up!
0: <laughs> a, well, I, I like to think. I like to think, Matthew, I'm providing a community service because. Mm. You are stuck Just in existing. lockdown which... <laughs> <laughs> let me finish i ruined my train of the thought when you come in with your witty comments i'm um...
1: sorry i'll be less funny
0: <laughs> no
1: don't do that because no, don't this... stop laughing You're... thomas i'm not funny
0: this would stop be a very it. boring podcast if you weren't funny um now i provide people a community service because men are in lockdown and if they're thinking to themselves jeez i don't just can't wait to get out again and take some photos. Oh, my God, I just want to go somewhere. Well, you can go many places if you jump on my website, tomputt.com, and go to locations, and you can search the many of the thousands places that I've been to, and you can go on your own little virtual tour. I mean, that is gold. Like you could go all over New Zealand, throughout WA, Victoria, South Australia. Let me just, the, the, the list is you endless. No, I'm,
1: I'm surprised that you're allowed to
0: go to Western Australia even on your website. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's, like, I'm Don't click on, the, click on the, the Western Australia link because it. Um, it, it'll come up barred and, and, and have you had your COVID jab? And I'm sorry we're closed at the moment. Please do not That's enter. It. Do not look at these Don't photos. Don't bring
1: your grubby little eyeballs onto this page. Yeah. Oh my god, he's
0: amazing, isn't he? Well, of course he's the one who sort of started the whole ball rolling with uh, vaccination and no vax, no entry type thing, which mm. is going to become very, it's going to become very much the mainstream, I believe. And, you and you you're vax. I've had double. Yeah, I'm double vax, man. Double vax. Double vax. Now it only came change. about because it came about. It sort of fell in my lap. I, I went and had um, some skin checkups recently because I'm getting old. I remember.
1: We don't have to go into that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. remember I was sending you the photos of my foot?
1: It's gross. So gross. <laughs> like, feet are not something you should photograph and send to people at the best of times, let alone some your. People, some people have a foot. Manky fit. little socks. No, <laughs> no. 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 Anyway,
0: they uh, the skin clinic I went to just sent me a a text and said, Hey, we're doing vaccinations at our rosebud clinic. Would you like to come down and have a jab? And I'm like, Yeah, absolutely. So, Mary and I are double vaxxed, just had it this week. We had the Pfizer, the Pfizer, (laughs) Pfizer. (laughs) those of us who don't know what we're talking about there when we do it, look up Jimmy Reese on YouTube, we'll put it in the show notes. Don't worry you want to go and see the bribes and ladies who talk about the Pfizer. <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> have you had the Pfizer? No, I had the AZ. Oh, you've had the AZ? Oh, he's had AZ. the AZ. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't look old enough to have the AZ. <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, what were we talking about? Um, oh, geez, that second one got knocked me around a bit, the, the Pfizer. They yeah. say that you have flu-like symptoms. Now,
1: mm.
0: I, it felt like somebody had punched me in the arm and then um, – I just I was just had this general tiredness yeah I just yeah yep but anyway I'm all good now what were we talking about I can't remember uh
1: we were talking about going on a tour of your a website tour. which yeah virtual tour around anywhere except western Australia except
0: Western Australia. oh that's the thank you you've brought me back to my train of thought because remember we're all shocked and saying oh you know oh god WA you know they're they're, they're trying to lock us out and if It's it's discriminatory if you've you got to have a double-vax and how can they do that? Do you remember years ago when Facebook brought in the check-in? Do you remember when? Uh, I do. Do you remember the outrage at that? Do you remember people going, there's no way I'm going to be telling everybody else where the bloody hell I am. That's my privacy, no no one else's. What do we do now? What do we have to do now? Check-in, QR code, yep, this is where I'm at. Are you suggesting
1: that this is this is just a uh, Mark Zuckerberg? Maybe he created code <laughs> no, no. just to get the whole check-in thing happening. No, no, and like this will all just go away when he he'll just turn it off as a feature on the on
0: Facebook no, and never fine again. I'm trying to draw <laughs> the parallel behind the shock behind that versus the shock behind Mark McGowan saying no, you have to be double vaxxed in order to come into WA and that will be the norm for a lot of things we do in the future. It's 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 a new concept so people go oh my god that sucks how can you do that. Whereas when you go to book an airline ticket and it asks you to provide your digital passport that tells you that you've had two vaccinations that's going to be when people go oh yeah no fair enough okay and it's going to become the norm. That's what I'm saying. Stick that's that in your pocket.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's no. not very exciting. I'm, I'm glad just, we spent time talking about that. It's
0: called Political Commentary, Matthew. You know I know,
1: what? and this is a podcast about photography,
0: you know. Oh, okay, on. well, let's talk about <laughs> photography then. Let's get on to today's topic because if we got on now, that would be 15 minutes into the podcast, which would provide and it's a big topic. It's a big topic. We do have a lot to talk about. Now, guys, if you are listening to well, of course you're listening to this because you can hear us.
1: <laughs> if you just if you if you've got it on in the background and you don't care about it, you can just ignore the next bit. <laughs>
0: You do want to go on to, and we again, we will provide the link in the show notes. Which link are we going to go via, Matthew? Are we going to go via the Guardian one to start with?
1: Uh, you know what? I think you should go to the SA Museums one. Because when know. you sent me the Guardian one, yep. it only took me to the winners.
0: That's it. That's it. And, and there are many. That is
1: great the most podcasts. controversial part of this podcast.
0: Okay. So <laughs> what you want to do is, um, we'll provide the link in the show notes. But if you can't uh, find, get to the show notes. Just Google South Australia Museum or SAMuseum Nature SA Museum Nature Photography. Nature Photography or something like that.
1: Yeah. Or go samuseum.sa.gov.au. Oh my god. It's all, it's oh big, no, big, hold on, on That's a whole bunch of other links. That. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. No. Sorry. Forward didn't slash didn't, slash scrap that. Scrap that.
0: Hashtag all the rest of it. Matthew Naked in the bath. No, <laughs> we don't want that. So um, we we're, we're gonna just have a quick chat. About the current, the, the most recent winners that was announced this week of the South Australian Museum Nature Photographer of the Year. For those who may not be familiar with this award, it has been going now. Let me see if I can find some literature. Uh, it's been going now for a good probably 10, 15 years. It was founded by an. 2009. Oh, thank you, Matthew. Well done.
1: Started, mm. excellent.
0: Yeah, and this was in the days probably before online ki- competitions were were big. You know, they're a dime a dozen these days, but um, this was at a time when there weren't many competitions that were recognising nature photography here in Australia. So the the uh, the you may know it as Anzang, which it's I don't think it, it sort of it it keeps that name anymore. It's now the australian geographic nature photographer of the year it has australian geographic have the naming rights but it is hosted by the south australian museum they have a fantastic exhibition that is currently on i believe for those who are in adelaide now we'll get to it and they have a number of different categories like animal behavior animal portraits botanical landscape threatened species monochrome our impact animal habitat and junior for those who perhaps know the natural history museum competition over in the UK this is the Australian version of that so you have to have taken the photographs in Australia New Zealand Antarctica and Papua New Guinea I believe and it's open to both Australian and overseas photographers but as I said those photos need to have been taken in those different places I've entered a few times not done terribly well uh, I'm
1: disappointed I didn't know about this because I've got some photos I would love to have submitted to this, but I just oh, didn't really? know it was on.
0: Yeah. Well, well, okay, but um, that's never fear. Tom is here. I I'm not sure about the competition rules and in particular the dates. Mm, um,
1: that's a killer, so, isn't
0: it? Which which is not. I'm not talking about the entry dates. I'm talking about the, the rules when shot dates. That's correct. And how far back you can go. But mm-hmm. that's that's something that I always check, guys. That's something that you always want to do. Here we go. I'm looking at the competition rules now and I'll just ad lib. But um, that's always something I do when I come to enter a competition is I generally print out the rules of engagement and then read over them very carefully and highlight them. Now, point number 12, Matthew, says that criteria for entries 12, all entries must have been taken within the seven years prior to the end of the competition period. So,
1: oh, I could have done that. Well, you we can, can do, do it next year, year. I know, yeah. yeah, but you know what? I need some good news this year. That's the
0: problem. <laughs> well, Matthew, good news is this year is that you're alive and well. You have a beautiful family. You have a great suggestion. <laughs> well, that's fascinating. I'm so pleased for you. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Can hey, take a yeah.
1: selfie of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Hey, put it in your diary that this year the competition opened on the sixth of January and closed on the fifth of February. So put in Ooh. your diary for next year. Just yeah, put use a random that. date, tenth of January, something like that. Enter the South Australian Museum photo Comp, and you'll be right up there. I look that's forward such a to good
1: idea. as put- stupid as that is, because that's the most obvious thing that you've said in a long time. <laughs> that is that is just something that, to be perfectly honest. I would never think of doing putting it in my calendar for next year. I know that's really dumb. But let's move what on would, because I sound really yeah, stupid now. Why
0: wouldn't you think of doing that? Uh, that's like what I do. If I if I stumble across a comp and go, ah, oh, I didn't know about this. Hold on, what's going on? I look at when it's when the next entry is, and I put it in my diary.
1: I understand that. As I said, it's now very obvious to me that uh, I should have done that. But now here we are. So look, all I've done, I can tell you now, it is in my diary. So next year you can watch my name to be at the top of that winning list.
0: I look forward to it.
1: I think think it's going to clock it, you know?
0: Really? How do you know, Matthew? Because that's interesting to note. You seem quite confident with that uh, approach. Yeah. What, you've gone through these other photos and gone, nah, mine are way better than them? Or what's the deal? No, well
1: <laughs> uh well to be honest uh i'm so i am so I've, I'm very um i don't know competitions really annoy me sometimes because i t- i tend to find that i look at the winning shots and i'm just like that is not the winning shot and i'm not saying mine should be like normally i'm not in the competition but when you look at the entries i just can't help <laughs> but think it that to in it to win it matthew and- i know i know but but then i look at i look at the the entries and i think to myself don't get me wrong i don't have millions of shots that are going to be um, they're, they're going to be topping lists like this, but there's a couple of creative ideas um, in here. I sort of look at it and go, "Yeah." To be honest, I could I could do that. For instance, it, here there's a sunset over Lake Pedder by by Cam Blake, and it's just oh, like, it's just like a, essentially it's underexposed. Um, it looks
0: like an iPhone picture, to be honest, doesn't it? Really, I mean, look at it. I think there's yeah. highlights blown out in 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 the top corners there, and um, it looks like it's very worked. Actually, it looks like it's had a lot well, of, like, a, lot of you know, a lot of lot of post-production work in there probably against the competition rules even but that's yeah, what it was, it was taken handheld as well like what am oh, i doing mean? anyway, really, anyway, so you know what
1: i mean here i like i see these pictures and i go hey yeah. no there's um there's i've got a couple of photos like just only probably actually two photos where i'd go hey i think i've i think i've i don't know i feel like i'm in with a chance for those two so have I'm you entered in a
0: competition that. before though
1: uh no i haven't because i don't like competitions i hate competitions
0: why don't yeah. you like competitions,
1: Matthew? Oh, because you know, I always choose the wrong competitions, I think, because <laughs> I uh, to... you don't do well. It's no, the no, wrong no, competition.
0: It's... Here we go. It's no, not no, your it's... photos that are the, the problem, it's the co- the bloody judges. I don't know what they are. I they're just I
1: think cuz I I always enter wildlife. Well, the only ones I really enter are wildlife competitions cuz landscapes and stuff, I, I leave that to landscape pros. But the, the 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 wildlife stuff and underwater um underwater, I guess I've I've entered before and done really relatively well. But um the general wildlife. I just can't help but think that in recent history, there's been so many competitions I've seen that have been awarded to uh, photos of things that are not actually wildlife. And they're they're allowed to be in the competition because the competition rules are really broad. So it's not wildlife so much as animals and nature. And so that can include domestic pets. It can include farm animals. It can include all sorts of things like zoos. Like, so there's, it, it just, it really irks me because you, when you look at a photograph, it's very hard to tell without knowing context where it was shot. So, like, there are some really cool photos. Like, I thought that the caliber of photos from this particular competition, that's why I'm excited to talk about it because so I look at the, the entries and I don't necessarily agree with the winning shots compared to the entries. The winning shots are really good. Mm. The entries, though, I think there's a few that are just cracking. And I just mm. go, like, this is actually, on the whole, I've got to say this all looks very much like, actual wildlife versus um some of the other competitions where you'll see like shots and you go i can't really tell so i mean even if i give you an example the first photo that pops up in this competition is one of a cockatoo and it's backlit and so you can see it's sulfur crest and it's on a black background and it's i think it's a really cool shot absolutely Mm. um but you couldn't really tell whether that was shot you know in captivity you couldn't mm. tell whether it was shot um, that It's just really good lighting and it's a really cool shot, but there's not mm. much that you can tell about it. Um, oh. Whereas if you look at all the other shots here, mm. um, they are genuinely in the wild that you can see the environment in most cases, see the environment or the behavior wouldn't be possible uh, outside of the wild. So I just think this this looks like a I don't know it looks I'm going to say it's a real deal
0: competition. Just just remember that often the competition rules can state whether or not the photograph can be taken in captivity. So sometimes they say definitely not. Other times they say yes, it can, but you must disclose. You must yes. be, tell yes. us that it's been taken in mm. captivity. We don't mind, but just for the um, sake of the perhaps the judges who are judging it. Because yeah. again, I, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. You don't, you don't want to look at a photo, landscape photo, for example, and go, "Hold on, that looks like a composite, but is it?" Because you don't want to. Yeah. you don't, you don't want to um, judge it thinking it's single capture. In fact, it's a, a composite. But you don't want to judge a composite thinking it's a single capture. You know, there's there's just some sort of background behind the photograph to then establish its context means mm. can be very be very much um the factor in whether or not it scores highly or not because of course as you said you know like oh wow that's an amazing skill to capture that photograph but then you uh, find out later that it was taken in captivity and you go well oh, hold on a second hence the, the reason why they were able to get so close to that animal or get that particular photo so yeah you want you just want to be able to um, know that the judges would know that but obviously you can read through the competition rules to establish that as well i'm not sure what they are for this particular competition but
1: uh. this this one I, I gotta say like if you look through them there is almost no image that i think could be feasibly captured in or, or photographed in captivity they all have context enough context to them that i think you can be pretty confident they are shot in the wild um yeah i don't know i just thought there was some not- super amazing photos like just the caliber of shots in here was yeah, I think yeah, that's really that amazing. Yeah, like, like, like aspirationally uh, stunning.
0: Oh, oh, like, yeah. like you would encouraged, you'd be inspired to get out and take more photos based on what you see uh, here. A hundred
1: percent. Yeah, like, uh, this is the thing is, like, Ooh. I don't get in, I don't follow photographers generally speaking because it either makes me sort of tend to kind of gravitate towards their style because I'm like, oh, I should try that, or I tend to find it makes me depressed because, like, I'm like, oh, I can't get out there. <laughs> <that."> um, <laughs> yes. but, but this is genuinely, I think, um, As a collection of images, um, you know, don't get me wrong. There's probably a couple in there that I go, oh, I maybe would have could critique that, or there's some things I'd probably think about doing differently. But I think on the whole, though, it's just um, they're creative. They've all got something about them. I think that um, the the two the two things I'm looking at here, they've either got um, some form of behaviour involved, even the ones that aren't in the behaviour category, yeah. Or if it's not behaviour related, they've done a really good job of capturing the scene um around the subject so um, as an example where am i there's a probably one of the more i'll say the less behavioury shots there's one of them it's called moody mulga um it is by christian bell um in victoria shot in new south wales sorry it's a looks like a brown snake um and the the snake's not doing anything except for like you know maybe slithering along um, um yes but we, so, so from a behaviour perspective, sure, it's not doing anything amazing, but it's been shot on a long lens, but um, I guess with enough context. No,
0: no, it's not been it's shot not. with a long lens. It's 16 to 35mm, Six Matthew. It doesn't look like it. doesn't look like it. Them. No, because they've got the mountains in the background. Yeah, but, 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 like, but it's you... still
1: cropped. So I would have thought that, that the mountains are pretty far away. by yeah, the of it. Anyway. Can you
0: imagine? I'm not getting that close to a bloody snake. Oh, you're such Give me a, a smart Tom. taken that with a Canon 16 to 35mm lens. Wow's handheld and she's got a bloody mulga snake that could rip her arm off and kill her at any moment.
1: Well, there you go. But like <laughs> that anyway, the point of this, right, is not about the wide angle lens. Um the point of this to me is that the it's got enough context in there and the lighting is really beautiful. It it just the photo really works. It's not just a picture of a snake. That's where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, any of these photos, they've got yeah. enough context in them that they're either behaviour or there's context. So I, I don't know. I feel like there's... I think, there's, I there's think, a,
0: think what you're saying as an extension of that is that it's not good enough these days to just get a nice half-decent photo of, say, an animal it's got to be spectacular lighting or unusual in its composition or unusual behaviour, don't you think? Have Scroll down a, a fraction and there's one in the middle called Fairy Turn Shakedown and yeah, it's by Pam Osborne cool. and it's in flight, beautiful depth of field and the birds, uh, from my ornithological background, I think the bird has probably either had a drink or had a fishing, um, the recent fishing little trip. And it's shaking itself, and there's some beautiful water droplets just coming off the beak and off the wings there. And that's pretty spectacular to get a shot like that. 600 mil lens. So that's a very heavy piece of equipment. Um, shot at two thousandths of a second on a tripod. So, you know, following those birds around with a 600 mil lens on a tripod, <laughs> that's, that's Not fun. a lot of skill, a lot of skill just to be able to handle a big lens like that. Capturing yeah. a photo like that's just gorgeous. Have a look at the palm cockatoo next one down.
1: Oh, yeah. Nice. I've actually got a very, very similar shot without the the extra part of the branch, but um that perfect silhouette um I captured. That was actually we captured How's up in Cape York as well. There you go. So um have you got
0: a have you got a silhouette of a palm cockatoo? I do, yeah. Oh. How yeah, did it get- landed
1: right it landed yeah, generally- literally right next to our caravan. Yeah. And I was just pop- sitting there having movement. my breakfast. I'm like, what?
0: No way. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I I've, I've only seen them in um in West Papua and I think they were just flying overhead but it's been my dream my my mum's favorite bird is a palm cockatoo there and uh it's been my dream to see one for many years but uh it came and landed right next to your bloody caravan.
1: Just sat there. I was having breakfast in the morning and it just sat there and like I wasn't really knowing what I was looking at to be perfectly honest. I was like, "Oh, cool silhouette." So I just picked my camera up cuz it was next to me took a couple of snaps and then I was like, cool, back to yeah. my breakfast. Um, but, yeah, obviously now I, I wish I would have filmed it and done all sorts of things to rub it in for you.
0: <laughs> Where were you for that?
1: Uh, I was just up, to, up in Cape York somewhere. I'm just actually jumping into my Lightroom catalogue and trying to find it.
0: Because um, yeah, you generally have to go pretty far north to find them. Well, we, went up to, we, we, hit the,
1: we hit Cape York, so um, yeah. we spent a month playing from were You were
0: in Iron Range, were you? Uh, we didn't
1: know. We didn't actually go off the. Oh, no. I, I've got two photos, and one is not a silhouette.
0: Can you put there it you, in the show notes? Can you, I can, can you put, you put it in, it the, in show the Facebook notes. group. Where okay, were we I'm at that
1: time? Noise. No, we were. We were right up on Cape York. So the photo, it's, it was between um, uh, Fruit Bat Falls and Cape York. Right. Yeah.
0: How long, long ago you were you there? Uh, two,
1: 2000 and uh, 2018. There you go
0: some traveling haven't
1: I? well you know what our our favorite thing um obviously can't do it now but our favorite thing is to jump in the caravan and just mm. spend a month you know i mean we wish it was longer and next time it will be longer but a month or two just uh kind of heading in a direction so like heading with a with yeah, a goal well. of where we want to get to but not needing to be there in any great rush and yeah just yeah. taking our time and being able to kind of spend a little bit of time in places and or maybe even head out to um, you know, you kind of meet people on the way who say, "Oh, have you seen such and such?" And of course, because I've never researched it properly before I go, I'm like, yeah. "No, I've never heard of it." And then you know, you end up on this little adventure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're, they're good, good trips to do, aren't they? Because at the end of the day, if you um, don't give yourself enough time, you can rush through those things. But then also, too, it sounds like what you're doing is you're uh, you're just um, allowing yourself that time to go and do your little side trips and discover places that you wouldn't otherwise have. Uh, found and and as you you meet so many people on the way that that have done what you've done or and and, or about doing what you want to do and go oh if you're gonna go there you've definitely got to go here first you know yeah
1: yeah
0: and the thing is you get so much go on
1: no i was gonna say you get so much of a diverse opinion as well because you meet different types of people so you know for us we we really love that really remote you know no other people around sort of thing but then you meet other people mm-hmm. and they're like oh you've got to go to this spot there's a theme park and, and you're like okay different types of people <laughs> no, we're not we're probably not gonna head there yeah, but thank yeah. you um, um but, yeah. uh, tell me
0: when you before you go away on these adventures in your caravan do you do you actually have to dye your hair the ash blondes and just you know gray it out a bit just so that um you fit in
1: Sadly, Tom, these days I don't need to diet too much. Oh, I've got really? I've got my speed stripes happening on the side. Yep. Um,
0: <laughs> well, we you know did... we're in lockdown. We're in lockdown, right? We've been doing our own little haircuts. I I've, I um gave my little cavoodle Mickey a bit of a haircut during the week, oh, no. which and then a, I a said, cut in
1: the dye or um dye <laughs>
0: Mickey, Mickey can be a bit snappy. He gets a bit. He gets a bit aggro sometimes. He's a bit like he doesn't
1: me. Doesn't seem it. God.
0: He, oh, he gets a bit grumpy. So, um, we're very surprised that he let us do that, and he did that without uh, any consternation. So, good on him. In fact, um, he's inspired me to have my own haircut done, and I think Mary's going to get the same clippers out. You know, maybe we wash them off. Maybe we don't, and uh, <laughs> she might do. She might do my hair today. Do a little <laughs> bit of a. I, I do, do desperately
1: you? need a haircut, desperately. But actually, hey. I just speaking. I've come, speak come over.
0: I, I could, if you ordered a, a photographic print from me, I could claim that I was doing a delivery, and I could come over and install that for you, and at the same time, just give you a buzz cut.
1: Are you basically just advocating for finding loopholes? Are you? Is that is that <laughs> where we're at?
0: No, it's legitimate, Matthew. I, if if somebody's <laughs> ordered, it, it's a click and it's a it's not a click and collect. It's the opposite no, the of buzz, that. the it's buzz cut part,
1: Thomas. The buzz cut part. Oh, 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 oh!
0: oh. <laughs> no, I'm not advocating that at all. Let's move oh. right along. Did you see the one called Laundry Night? It's um, it's about three or four down I, on yes, the right. Yes,
1: loved it. How Absolutely clever is it. that?
0: I actually Just in the those crop,
1: things. I couldn't work out whether they were because the, I couldn't see the face when it crops into a square, no, You can't see it. the face, so it looks like clouds in a mountain backlit. That's it. It does. <laughs> and then You're you go quite and do right. Like, uh, Get it. You're yep, quite right.
0: Funny. You're like, hold on. There's a there's a uh, clothesline, but then what's that in the background? For those who can't see at home, we are looking at a photograph here, a black and white of a. It looks like just a ringtail possum going across a clothesline, and it's backlit. They've put, put yeah. a flash in the background um, in order to capture this. Ethan, congratulations, young Ethan. So and this is um, the thing.
1: Pink- This is the thing with these, these shots. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you here. I think that is a really, really clever, well-lit storytelling photo.
0: Yes. You like the storytelling in your wildlife, don't you? That's what you were alluding to before.
1: But then if I look at the winner of that category, right now, I happen to know Douglas Gimsey who won this category. Um, Really lovely guy. He does a lot of super cool stuff. He gets to go down to um, Macquarie Island and all those places and photograph the penguins oh, and things. wow. Super, super cool. People. Yeah, and yeah. he's a really lovely guy. So, and Which photo am I photo looking is, at? Which uh, one it's one bound, did, did, did. jammed inside and posted. So it is the, um, it's the photo of like it's a, it's a flat lay with a lizard on a desk that looks like a science oh, desk. Yes, yes. And I go, okay, right. so this is, this is the part of the Our Impact competition and so is the possum. don't get me wrong, I think this photo is a really cool photo. I think it's striking. Like you do sort of stop and it's a bit weird seeing like this science equipment mm-hmm. with a lizard in the middle. But I don't know. There's something about it to me where I kind of think the scene when I look at it, it doesn't actually make sense. Except it's saying a wildlife oh here we go. A Wildlife officer found the, this the the lizard stuck one. in the DVD player. So they've dismantled the DVD player to get the lizard out. But I feel as though like this shot is not, I mean, there's a story behind it, but the photo itself, I'm not, I don't know. It just doesn't, there's so many cool, our impact photos here that I think have maybe a little bit, maybe a little less real story as in like the literal sense of here is an article that could go with the photo, but actually Mm. tell more story just through the visuals, you know, um, even the one just directly above it, um, uh, torah which is the um the whale with the little dinghy it's this perfectly That's lined amazing. up shot with the most perfect light um That's amazing you couldn't get better light than that and it's like what what are the odds of that shot you know um in in exactly that 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 moment um the same as the the one with the possum along the laundry line i just thought that was mm-hmm. you know there's some of these Bye-bye. shots where i think when i look at these competitions it does frustrate me sometimes because i can't i'd love to hear the rational the rationale behind the words the yes. in these photos because i'm well, sure you know what go on no i'm sure that there's more to it i'm sure that if, if the judges explained their thought process i'm sure i'd probably go oh yeah actually i get that but because i'm not i'm not involved in that process obviously and don't you don't hear about the process you have to make assumptions and when you make these assumptions i go oh I just that doesn't that does doesn't add up
0: it would be interesting would be very clever now, you know, I know in the past with this competition, they've actually brought the three judges together in order to judge these competitions. And it's a big process. You know, I think it's a good day at least where they would sit down and look I at all imagine. of the entries and, and judge them. But it would be clever for, the, for these type of competitions to be able to offer that audio and or visual commentary around the decision-making process for that very purpose so that people can listen and understand why is it that they've decided that one to be the winner of that category versus others, as you've said, that you feel perhaps um, are more deserving and that's obviously your opinion. And Mm. so it'd be great add-on, like why not? Why couldn't you do a visual recording of the judging process or at the very least an auditory one so that people could listen if they wanted to?
1: I think that's um, what you see in a lot of competitions. Is you do see there's sometimes some commentary on the winner, like why the winner won, but yes, um, what I'd love to see is, is more yeah. like when you're up to the top five. At that point, yep. where do these separate? Because obviously, it's all one, it's good and well to justify why one photo won, but it's probably more interesting to know why the other one didn't. You know, like, yes, yes, and that's think, very
0: helpful for the entrance, but also mm-hmm. too for people who are looking to enter competitions in general to say, yeah, definitely. I, I don't get it, I don't understand why that one won over that one and then if they can hear the logic behind it, it might well help the participant, the entrant to then go, actually next time I enter, I'll, I'll know to keep an eye out for that or or yeah. I'm thinking of entering, I'm thinking of entering and I've got some shots that fit that bill so I'm hoping that I might do well next year based on that rationale, etc. Yeah,
1: because so, there's, there's actually um, I the mean, one here that I particularly think is amazing, um, step into my lair. Um, ben Clark, Western Australia. Um, it is of a what looks like I'm going to say a jumping spider eating a fly, but um, the depth of field, mm-hmm. everything about it, like is just it's so crisp. Um, and I just, I don't know how they managed to pull this off at f7. Um, there <laughs> and, are some bloody, there are uh, some
0: bloody, uh, talented but, people um, out there, aren't there?
1: But yeah, I just look at it. I just think to myself, like those photos take some real. I don't want to say like real true skill, as though the other ones don't. But geez, it's a bloody tricky shot to get. Um, yeah. you know, even shots is, um the you know there's shots of bilbies. Um, I thought the other one that's space invaders, the um which is down at St Kilda Breakwater, um and yes. it's actually a Douglas Gimsey shot. He's got the um the the one of the little penguins down there with a whole bunch of people behind it photographing it with iPhones and iPads, and it looks yes. like a fish out of water. It's just from a story perspective, it it really just has this. That's a clever photo, you know. I, I would have thought that that to me has more, more to it. Um, you know, something maybe more relatable to the general public, um, from a story shot. And and same photographer, by the way. So um, you know, it's uh, yeah. But but it's a seriously ch- worth it, worth a look because these photos are just yeah, they're wicked.
0: They they are amazing. And and look, it's interesting you talk about the judging process because I have been a little bit critical of this competition in the past. Um they tend to rotate the judges and I felt that some years they've missed the mark versus this year where um, they've certainly just this the standard is incredible so these guys the entrants as well as the judges have done a brilliant job hey um, a big shout out to my good friend Tim Rate, who uh, is an aerial photographer doing brilliant work at the moment and uh, he did a couple of expeditions up to the Northern Territory of Bino Harbour, Tiwi Islands, uh, Gulf of Carpentaria, out that way, Cape Crawford Way, et cetera. And um, I've seen these shots before and um, and talked a lot with Tim about these images. And he put his neck on the line and and uh, entered the comp and ended up winning the portfolio prize with a beautiful set of aerials, abstract aerials, landscape stuff. So, Congratulations, Tim, on your win. That is just awesome, Staked for you. And also Kevin, and I can't pronounce his surname, uh, he does beautiful aerial work as well. He's got one called Fading Reef from the Ashmore Reef up there in the Kimberley there. Kevin's work I follow that quite is, closely too.
1: That that's pretty cool. That's a very cool shot, that one. It almost looks like um, with all those little inlets um, into the, the water there, it almost looks like yeah. stitches.
0: Yes, like oh, you're quite together. right. Yeah, yeah, you're quite right. Cool. So this is Ashmore Reef in Western Australia, where it's a very low lying, low lying, um, you know, reef, and every day it gets covered in water, and then the water drains off it, um, and then it, uh, it's exposed at low tide, like you see in this photograph here. It's a phenomenal, um, phenomenal occurrence to actually see that, see that happening. That's for sure. Hey uh, Matt, any anything else you want to talk about before we leave this topic for today?
1: Uh, not specifically, but what I would say is that definitely jump on here, look at the photos, and I I would actually almost um I'd encourage you to look at these shots and do your own critique on them. I think that people are always talking about how to improve their own photography, um, and you know it's easy to always look externally and ask for other people's advice on what you should do to, um you know to improve your shots, but I think. When you look at this series of photos, it's very diverse, lots of different topics. And one thing that um, I think you can take away from it is some of the creative um, approaches they've taken, where, you know, I'll say specifically, there's a lot of shots that are quite underexposed. Um, and I think that that has actually created um, you know, a really interesting look. You know, one in particular, um, Scott Portelli, who's actually a really good friends, oh, sorry, I think he's married to girlfriend boyfriend of anyway um partner of um a, a girl that i used to um catch up with for diving they just did a trip around yeah. australia and they and he won one of the categories with leafy night as a sea dragon he
0: won and he won overall oh, he won he, the whole with that yeah, photo they've, yes
1: they've just come off the back of a huge um round australia trip camping um it was like it was like for months months it was it looked pretty cool i've been following them on my facebook um but uh this particular shot of the Sea Dragon, if you showed me this photograph and asked my critique on it um, without knowing mm. the context or anything, I would have said it's hideously underexposed. Um, yeah. Like I just – and I still feel that it is underexposed in my personal opinion. Um, but it Yeah, but it's the
0: underexposure that makes it so good.
1: Exactly. And that's where I'm coming from is I think looking at galleries like this sometimes – opens your eyes up to different possibilities rather than looking for that technical perfection of a subject it, it's about telling story and that could be through behavior it could be through context or sometimes as you say you know adjusting the exposure to modify reality, reality a little bit can also have a huge impact so um, it's a really yeah, I think it's a really interesting gallery to inspire you and, and if you go through and critique them um, it might sort of start to make you realize some of your own biases that might be holding you back
0: well that's a fantastic point that you really yeah. nailed it there absolutely you know like i think if you're not liking what you're seeing perhaps you need to sort of ask yourself hold on why is it that you don't like what you're seeing and perhaps yeah. that's the reason why you're not doing well in in competitions if you're entering them i'm just just that's putting it, it out it. there you've hit the nail on the head matthew that's for sure i've been They're doing very lots of hammering re-
1: lately so uh i had to get <laughs> one <of> eventually <laughs>
0: <laughs> a big shout out to Ben Lou, uh, Brad, Brad Lou. I'm sure I should say. Um, I initially saw this photo of Lake Air, the aerial shot, and didn't think a hell of a lot of it. But now I'm looking at it again. I'm going, yeah, that's a pretty bloody cool Where, shot. Where's the you know, up top of the bottom? Of the- it's down the bottom. It's opposite the whale shark. There's a whale shark on the right, and there's a photo on the left of Lake Air. It's called the Arrival, and. It's an aerial shot and he's got the water coming into the lake and there's a stunning reflection off it. It's like it's three-dimensional because of the clear outline between the water and the, the lake bed. I and really then not see this photo at all. Uh, okay, well, let me just point on the right direction. about halfway down.
1: Easy. Oh, you said down the bottom. Okay, yep.
0: About halfway down. I'm sorry.
1: Okay, so it's above the whale shark, below the whale shark. No,
0: it's if you see the whale shark front onto you, go two yep. to the left. There's the luminosity, you know, oh, bioluminescence. Oh, sorry. When you say aerial,
1: I'm thinking like a straight down, abstracty style. Yeah. Okay, I can no, see it now. No, yeah. no.
0: This is, well, well, thankfully, this is not always just straight down here because this is a beautiful shot with the with the rain coming out of the clouds, which is unusual out at Lake Air, But also, there's this very strong wind I would suspect that's creating like this dust storm below it as well. It's, there's a lot in that photo and it's very cleverly done. So, Would you want to be in there
1: with that sort of wind? That would be pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty nerve-wracking, I reckon, especially in a helicopter. God, helicopters no, and helicopter. wind are not my friends.
0: No, I've had a horrendous I've, – I've had very few bad experiences doing my aerial work, but um, Gordon and Deb Carlisle, who come on my workshops regularly, will tell you the first time they came on a workshop with me in the West McDonald Rangers in the Northern Territory, we got up in this chopper that looked like something out of mash with the pilot in the front and then the three (laughs) across the back with that big bubble, you know, canopy. Yeah, yeah, yeah shitting my pants i tell you what it was moving and shaking and dipping up and down and i was petrified i really did not have a great experience hey um shout out to robert Irwin as well who is the son of the late steve Irwin. he is a wildlife photographer and himself he's done very well at the natural history museum comp in um past few years and he's got a photograph here of a uh black black flutter here it's called hidden dottrill. um that he's um, captured with a 500mm F4 Canon lens. Beautiful little portrait there. So um, just pointing out a few of the the names. There's definitely some names that I recognise in here. Maddie Smith, um, Raul Slater, I've been following his work for years. Um, Scott Patelli, of course, who we've talked about already. But um, congratulations to everybody who has uh, done well in this competition. I think we better leave it there, Matthew, we're almost... We're over that time, we've gone probably fifty minutes. Wow, we actually talk value. about
1: photography stuff as well. Like that's we probably did. this is probably the most value for ear time podcast that we've ever produced. We should put we should that be up front, charging. wouldn't we? We should be
0: we should be charging people like a
1: warning. Like, you know, um, this podcast contains a... photographic material.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Warning: You may actually get some degree of value out of listening to this this podcast that goes for fifty minutes. But hey, uh, and we got away without mentioning Nick Fletcher's name as well, so wasn't that great?
1: Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. See you guys. Catch you next week. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>